In the 1970s, a future top-notch podcasting team was born, and then raised on military bases because their dads were in the Air Force. These Gen Xers eventually grew up and were unleashed upon the world. Today, looking forward to retirement, they survive by dishing out their opinions. If you have questions that need answers and an open mind, if you can spare 60 minutes a week, and if you have internet access, maybe you can listen to Kenyatta and Jack Save the World. Oh, hey, listening friends. Thanks for coming back for this brand new episode. We'll get started in just a minute. I just have to I have to take a look through these papers. Hold on. That are not top secret and are clearly classified. Hold on. Okay, that can wait. That can wait. We'll get, we'll get into that later. Listening friends, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> if you're here, you know who we are. You know what we do. You know what we're about. I'm Kenyatta. That is Jack. And today we have a special guest. Hurrah, huzzah. That's what we do here. But um, we will definitely get to talking to our guest in a new short time. But you know how we do? We got to do WTS first. So let's get into that. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. For sure. So um, wait. Is it my turn to go first this week? I can never remember. Does I, I it mean, matter? Exactly. Does it mm. matter? Um, no. Sure. I'll fire one out. Mm. Um, here's something that I found particularly interesting, and I literally only discovered this uh, Monday. I was listening to a podcast with somebody that is a retired 30-year uh, member of the CIA, just mm. retired in the last couple of years, and this person had written a book. <clears throat> why they were on the podcast um but they were talking about at cia cia headquarters like most sort of you know military federal agents there's a wall of people that have died in the line of duty um but due to the nature of the way some of these people have died it's just represented with a star and then underneath the star there's a book that has the name of which you know of the star of the person who died except for 39 people because the way they died is still so classified. They can't even give their names. Oh, wow. Yep. Which is kind of impressive, but here's the thing <clears throat> that I found interesting from 1947 to 2016, 111 stars were added that 69 years, roughly 1.5 per year. Wow. Granted some years zero were added. Some years, you know, maybe two or three. It just depends. There were more people added, like, say, during the Vietnam era years than, like, the five years after Vietnam. 2016 had zero CIA deaths. So from 2017 to 2020, there 24 stars were added. And from 2020 to present, only four stars were added. I find that interesting and odd all at the same time, because that seems like there, when you go and look at all of the years, there was never a three-year period where that many people were added. And I'm just going to say, I'm not going to go, I will let people make their own minds up on that. 
but I did find that to be a pretty big WTF type of a situation. If you want to go and Google that, you definitely can. All I have to say is that that number started after a certain state visit to Saudi Arabia by one Jared Kushner in 2017. And then after that is when this number happened. Hmm. I don't I don't want to say anything more because that's a particularly Sue Happy family and they clearly have more money than I do as a state employee. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't need them coming for you. Yeah, no, no, we definitely don't. But anyway, that is this, my this is end. our disclaimer. <laughs> Sorry, that it's, is your WTF. Okay. Yeah, it's just a bit of bravado. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I I have a feeling if we were to start talking that we would uh, not end up uh, having enough time to to interview our our interviewee. So <laughs> so, uh, Kenyatta, how about you? Well, you probably can take a guess at what mine is, but it's more of the the reactions. And honestly, as I've said on previous episodes, it's not so much the news stories that are interesting, but the everyday average John and Jane Q public's reactions to them. It tells you all you need to know about your friends and neighbors. Not you listening, friends. We know you're better than that, but right. everybody else sucks. Um, <laughs> that's Sadly. not fair. No. <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair. Let me stop. It's not fair. But yes, I'm, I'm cheesed about uh, today's Supreme Court decision over uh, affirmative action. And it just reiterates how badly people have deliberately misunderstood what affirmative action was meant to do right and who benefits from it affirmative action was intended to say hey stop overlooking people strictly because of their race and ethnic background that was it right who has benefited the most in its 50 years ish of existence is white women these people that i see commenting on today's decision clearly don't know or don't care or choose to just disavow it because it suits them. I saw one comment went as so far, and this was on ABC News Instagram page. Someone commented, white people didn't do this. It was Asian Americans. Pause. So you mean to say, you feel some kind of way about this because I don't know, you feel like white people get blamed for too much. And now you're going to put it off on the AAPI community. Does that make you feel better? Uh-huh. That was a weird, a weird way to start off the comment, you know, whatever point that person was trying to get to. And, yeah. and then they went on to say something about um, and everybody who thinks that people that agree with the Supreme court's decision is a racist is they're so full of it and they're dangerous and they're toxic and they're the kind of people who who make false accusations against their co-workers in the workplace i'm like where are you going with this is this personal <sighs> i don't know that when that particular comment stuck in my brain because i i had to stop reading stuff at a particular point i'm like it's so <sighs> bizarre and the decision is not 
upsetting because it wasn't surprising. It was just disappointing. Yet right. another, another disappointment amongst many of this past year and change. But what, what again, it reveals to me as another average Jane Q public is how little people bother to educate themselves mm-hmm. about things like this is an important thing that that's happened. An important decision was made on an important thing and it wiped out, you know, decades of precedent and people don't have the first clue what the hell they're talking about. They don't even know what it's supposed to be about. Yeah. Yeah. That really is my WTF. And we've probably echoed some version of this many times before. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, how, how do we live in the world that we do where we have literally a plethora of endless information in our fingertips you can't be bothered to go and see exactly what affirmative action is, what it consists of, and how it's put into practice. All yeah. you all you want to spew out is that it's about time white people were, were, were stopped being discriminated against. Uh-huh. Hey, it's never happened. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> it's never happened. <laughs> yeah. But somehow that's the narrative that that I keep seeing, you know, pushed out here. And that's kind of like, I don't know. It's one of those, it's one of those instances you really just want to go crawl under the table and you don't want to come out until sanity reasserts itself, which may be never. Mm. I I spent a good chunk of today thinking, and it sounds strange. I had a hard time. I wanted to post about it on the old book of faces. But I had a hard time figuring out how I wanted to word it. And then I was like, wait a minute. This is kind of easy. Today showed us the importance of HBCs. HBCUs? Yeah. HBCUs, historically back colleges and universities. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I saw that too. I don't even know why I didn't say anything. I think I think <laughs> I was on autopilot after a certain point. But I'm glad you brought it up because that's exactly why. They were created because they were denied admission into right. other universities. <laughs> Dirt. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> and to and today, while you know, some of those schools are private, some are public, just like with any other college or university. Today, those universities allow admittance for everybody. Yep. They have they have their legacy admissions, true. They have admissions based on you know, children of donors, true, just like any other college or university. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I have ever seen a legal case brought against an HBCU mm-hmm. by a white student saying they were denied enrollment because they were white. Um, don't think I've ever heard that story. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Maybe, maybe I'll go back and check just to be sure. I just don't know that I've ever seen it. But somehow... Students, you know, trying to enroll at these two, which are Harvard and UNC, they were they were sold a, a they were sold a bill of goods. They they took the wooden nickel and they were con- they they allowed themselves to be convinced that was the reason why they didn't get into the school they wanted to get into hmm. because black and brown kids took their spots. Yeah, and here we are. <clears throat> yeah, so, there we go. There we go. There we go. Like I said I'm not. It's not the decision that annoys me it's the same kind yeah it's the same kind of empty-headed response Mm -hmm. time and time and time and time again i'm like i i don't know why 
more of our fellow citizens don't do themselves the favor and get educated. It doesn't mean you have to agree with people that hate the decision. That doesn't that doesn't mean that. Educate yourself right. and then have an opinion that may, that means something. Absolutely. That's all I'm yep. looking for. Hell. But there mm-hmm. I am with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. There we go. There it is. <laughs> there we go. Well, I'm going to transition this. Wow. Words, Jack. Learn to use them. Mm. I'm going to transition into our guest today. And folks, we have a guest that, like ourselves, went to one Tinker Elementary back in the day. Also... You know, the 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 son of someone that was in the Air Force spent all of his time on Tinker running around doing the crazy crap that we tried to do to avoid getting the SPs called on us. And that is one, Troy Shet. Yo. Troy, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Know what yourself. I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate Huzzah. it. Huzzah. Yeah. <laughs> um I have wanted to talk to Troy on the podcast, my other one and this one for quite a while. Yeah. Um, namely because Troy honestly used to do something and he is the only person that I have ever known that has done sort of this type of thing. You know, it's one thing to like cosplay and, you know, go to a convention or something like this. But Troy was a celebrity impersonator. <laughs> and he did that for quite a long quite a while um and yet would you like to share with the world who mr troy used to impersonate because I, I i have a feeling that it wasn't the type of music that can yet listen to on the regular hey 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 now <laughs> now i'm not saying you didn't like or didn't listen just on the regular i have diversified tastes uh, we're all part of the beautiful people. There you go. <laughs> but um, when I understand, Troy, you were a Marilyn Manson impersonator, right? I, I, I was, yes. Indeed. Wow. How, how did you get started? Oh, sorry, Kenya, you were going to ask something. No, I'm saying, I'm, I can't say I was like, you know, an ardent fan, but there were some songs that I used to bang out to. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I have diversified tastes, but I'm not going to hog this up. Jack, go ahead with your question. Please. Yeah. How, how did you get started in that? I mean, was it a situation where people were like, you know, you kind of look like Marilyn Manson? Uh, it was started out like that. Yes. Uh, but my, my journey started somewhat like in 95, I actually wanted to be an actor. So I headed out to Hollywood and I was going to go out there with uh, uh, two friends of mine. But apparently this one dude was an asshole and he was a control freak. And, uh, you know, we, dro- we drove out there in his car. We were going to check it out. And uh, I didn't realize that when we were, switching drivers that we were, we were only going to do 30 minute drives. He wanted to mainly drive because his name was on the insurance, which I, I understand that, but I wish I would have known ahead of time when we were renting the car. And then we get out there, his air conditioner went out and 
Anyway, long story short, I did not go out with those two guys. I went out a year later in 96. And so now my journey to be an actor begins. And um, didn't realize all the steps you have to take to become one. You have to do three union gigs and then pay $2,000 to be in the union. Then you can get an agent. And my first uh, uh, show that I was on, the first movie, was Scream 2. Cool. Yeah. And uh, it was a catacall, but, I mean, there we are. And everybody's kind of got their own clicks as usual. Well, I see some people playing cards, and I see this one group playing dominoes. I want to play dominoes. And my friend's like, no, don't do it. Why? Because they were a group of black people. I'm like, and? So I went over there, and, of course, they looked at me, and they, one, of, one of them even said, are you lost? I'm like, no, I want to play dominoes. And it was funny because, you know, they finally let me in. And I'm like, you're pretty good for a white boy. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this one guy, though, he would always, I guess, kind of school me because he would sit after me, and he would know every time what was in my hand, and he would always block me. So he would either be against me or he would always want to be my partner because because I was. I was pretty damn good, if you, if I do say so myself. <laughs> so, yeah, I just wanted to hang out with the cool people. <laughs> and so, uh, so did you get killed by uh, in this particular no, go around? No, no this, this was the scene of the opening where they're all gathered in the, the movie theater. Mm -hmm. ah. I was actually wearing, amongst all the other people that were wearing the Scream outfit, and we're just there watching the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. What I thought was funny, though, is, okay, obviously you're not supposed to take anything off the set. So this group of people were driving on the bus, and they all pull out these stupid pla plastic knives that we had there, I'm thinking, really? You're excited about that? You can get that at Walmart. So the <laughs> next day, I showed them the screen mask that I took off the set. And they're like, whoa. He's like, you know, put that away. You're going to get kicked off the set. And I'm just like, well, you guys are happy about a stupid plastic knife. I got the damn mask. <laughs> like, you guys need to be better quality thieves. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> You know, so I was like I said, I was trying to be an actor. Uh, I was a regular on JAG, so I had white walls from 96 to 97. So that was kind of fun. Um, everybody said that uh, David James Elliott was a, an asshole, but he really wasn't. I mean, he was there doing his job, but uh, he would always talk to me every once in a while. And, and uh, Catherine Bell, oh my gosh, she was a she was a sweetheart. Uh, she, I was getting my hair cut and she bumped the lady and, you know, almost gouged me. And she said, oh my gosh, are you all right? And then she would just talk and talk and just, so that was kind of cool. Uh, I was in the movie Basketball. Okay, hey, Basketball oh, yeah. is funny as I'll get out. That is an incredibly <laughs> underrated comedy <laughs> that I have seen far, far too many times <laughs> more times than i care to admit <laughs> well what was funny about the 
basketball one is me and my buddies, uh, a couple of the other extras that, you know, we were scheming to see what we could do to, to, I guess, better a scene. And so we all, I, I was the letter E. <laughs> so, else opinion. so we were all snuck in behind uh, these the seats. David Zucker, he, you know, he, he says action. Next thing you know, we jump up. It says beers. Next thing you hear David Zucker, God, 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 what the hell's going on? And then he goes, I like that. Put that in there. So then the AD comes over, kind of touches us up and sets us up and go. And, and that was in the movie. By okay, the I'm going to go back and see if I can find that on streaming now, just so <laughs> I can can see it pop up on there. That'll be kind of cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was looking at my notes here. Uh, another good one that uh, I thought was interesting is uh, you had to call in the central casting to get onto to these shows, and Lizette was looking for a six foot four Mexican to be on Babylon Five. And, okay. And people always told me. Don't call in if that's not what you're, you know, if they're not looking for you, don't call in, whatever, because, you know, you're, you're just going to get on their bad side. But I'm thinking to myself, I've never seen a six foot anything of Mexican, you know, never seen them that tall. So I call in. Lizette goes, uh, Troy, are you Mexican? No. And I go, but. Aren't they all going to be wearing masks? You're not going to know who's under the mask. And I'm six foot four. Okay, good point, good point. Okay, you're on. And I'm just like, and so from that point on, she always liked me. So, and would always book me on stuff. So sometimes you have to go against the grain, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Let's see. So about how many TV shows and movies would you say you ended up oh on? Gosh, dude. Hundreds, man. Hundreds? Wow. Yeah, I mean, I was on the, the suburbs or su sub suburban, excuse me, where I had to sit an agonizing probably an hour listening to the flock of seagulls singing their damn song. <laughs> <laughs> you have not run far away far enough. Please run. Run away. As soon as you said that, I just, I see the hairstyle. I just swoop. I just, <laughs> all the 80s. What a time. <laughs> uh, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> so, so I'm sorry. Were, were you what they consider a working actor then? No, this was just extra work. See, like I said, I was trying to, trying to get my uh, three union vouchers so that I could uh, join the union so that I could actually join or not join, but to get an uh, uh, an agent mm -hmm. so that I could further my acting career. Gotcha. But uh, it's a doggy dog uh, business. I mean, obviously that's why I'm back here in Oklahoma. But uh, um, so yeah, I wouldn't say I was a working actor for say. I mean, I guess I don't. You know, there's no small parts. So I mean. Mm -hmm. But uh, is it really an acting gig? I mean, it's that extra work. Gotcha. Okay. As long as you were 
I guess making enough to afford a Big Mac every now and again. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's a little luxury. So. <laughs> and uh, I was, I, it was on Nightclub with Lou Diamond Phillips. And what was cool on that one is actually Lou Diamond Phillips actually came out where the extra extras were and he was talking to us and joking around and all that stuff. And I thought it was cool. It's like, oh, here's Lou Diamond Phillips just chilling with us. Then this asshole dude decided to make an off-color joke. And Lou Diamond Phillips goes, um, yeah, I'm going to go back now. And we all looked at the dude and said, why the fuck would you do that? Why would you think that was appropriate? Oh, my gosh. I, I think you started off when you, when you said asshole. oh man it's so it's so cute when people that are born just offensive open up their mouths and they they test the temperature in the room and they say you know off color quote-unquote jokes and then they look around and see who's agreeing with them i'm like no one ever taught you anything. No one loved you, did they? Because they would have taught you better than this. Mm. Mm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. One, one would hope. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like every day it gets reconfirmed how many people were not loved properly. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> so are we getting close to um, when the... Um, when you first did uh, Marilyn Manson? Yeah, kind of. You don't want to hear my backstory, man. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just curious about all of this stuff. I think it's cool yeah. that you were in Hollywood because. Well, I, I just got a few little bit of things. Like, uh, I was on a Collective Soul video, the 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 Run video. That's cool. And that one, yeah, it was pretty cool because uh, the scene I was in was. Well, obviously, I was running too, but I did a bat, the basketball scene, and the the director is like, "Who wants to throw the ball?" I'm like, I throw the ball, and and he wanted me to throw the ball in front of the the, the lead singer. I'm like, okay, I I, I could do that, so I do it, and uh, apparently the director goes, "No, no, 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 that was way too close," because I don't want you to hit him. I was like, "Dude, if I wanted to hit him, I would have hit him." So. <laughs> We would have went on dodgeball on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I did, you know, Foo Fighters, uh, uh, Breakout, Method Ooh. Man, um, Tear It Off. Really? Now, Live was an interesting uh, one, too, because that one was called uh, Run to the Water. That's and- a, I know that video where they're like in the sub subway kind of yeah, thing and like yeah, the water's yeah. coming to flood them yeah well apparently my hair was not long enough so they put put uh, extensions on and i'm <laughs> passing the water bottle around well i was talking to i think it was the drummer and oh my gosh he was like dude i swear i'm going to kill the lead singer he's like if we do another song about water because <laughs> that whole album was like was, was about water he was just right. Like, he was like, I had enough of water. <laughs> like we need to change it up on the next one, guys. <laughs> can can we do a song about land? 
Yeah. <laughs> Can we song about dirt, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's not do songs about bridges because that involves water. <laughs> Interesting. I am, I am pulling up the collective soul run video okay. in the background right now as, okay. Okay. as we're going. So if I chime in with, there you are. <laughs> Uh, you'll see me in the American uh, uh, Hi-Fi video, too, Flavor of the Week. Cool. Uh, Kid Rock was an American Badass. That one you probably won't see me with. Now, that one was an interesting one, too. We did that one in Inglewood. And it was late, late. I mean, almost like midnight, 1 o'clock. And we were getting hungry. They didn't feed us yet. So we're trying to call up the pizza joint. And they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll make a pizza for you. Where are you located? As soon as we said Inglewood, they're like, uh, yeah, no. We're like, what the heck? Come on. So needless to say, they did not deliver pizzas to us. But they did finally feed us. But, uh, yeah, I was standing in front of the boom camera. And apparently they, they kept thinking they were going to hit me with it. Because every time they kept sliding, you know, it, it came right close to my head. So they told me to move. But, yeah, I was in that video. And uh, uh, let's see here. Wait a minute. We're at the basketball scene. <laughs> I, I think I just saw you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm intently watching while you talk. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, those were some good days. Like, I mean, sometimes I, I think I stayed up for like 48 hours just working on sets. I went from bedazzled to the rock star, you know, and we yeah. were this industrial place and the, and, and Marky Mark's up there with the band and they're playing and stuff. And now there was another time I was on the rock star where he was driving up in a limo. And I can honestly say I was probably the asshole that day because I could swear, I could swear they were not shooting with sound. And so there I am outside the limo, and I go, is that Marky Mark? Marky Mark stopped dead and fucking turned and looked directly at me. I swear he didn't know it was me, but next thing you know, Marky Mark is actually escorting me off the set. He goes, dude, we're trying to be professional here. Do you think you can be professional? And I just told him, I didn't say anything, dude. He's like, no, no, you're, you're, you're out of here. Marky Mark actually escorted me off the set. You got well, handled by Mark Wahlberg? What? Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm always kind of curious as what I what would have happened if I wasn't the ass, if I had just told him, yeah, it was me, dude. I'm sorry. I mean, not that we would have been friends or anything, but maybe, I mean, I probably, the best that would have happened is me get back on the set. But, you know, I was the asshole that time. Yeah, 2020, you know. Yeah. We all have bad days. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, all through this, yes, I've had people come up to me, especially with my long hair. They're like, okay, you look like Manson. You look like Manson. And I, I know who Manson was. And next thing you know, my calling service, who also helps book me on these things, uh, booked me for a promo commercial. And they were looking for lookalikes. Well, they said, okay, they need a Manson, okay? So I didn't have the garb at the time, 
So my best look was uh, camouflage pants, a black t-shirt, and I think I painted, yeah, I painted my nails and went to, went to the uh, to the commercial and uh, did it. But, you know, looking back at that, that to me did not feel like Marilyn Manson, but that's what I ran with. And, but then again, what sucked about that one is their, their checks bounced. Yeah. What? They did not tell me not to cash the checks right away. So I went to the bank. I said, here's the money. And they said, nope. I, I was pissed. I would be too. And the calling, yeah. service, the calling service, of course, wants money off of that. But I told them, dude, the damn check bounced. So. At least they were cool enough not to charge me for that. Wow. That sucks. So that was kind of the start there. Uh, See, after that, I did an after gig. Nick Frino, a licensed teacher. I was a, a basketball student. And I got directed by Scott Bio. Chachi. Yeah. Charles and Charch. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. Yeah. That's all, it. That's just all, a, interesting how you can do so much and meet so many cool people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, doing that. I met Nikki Six doing that because his wife was on the show at the time. Interesting. Yeah. And yeah, I think he had brought his two kids. Yeah, I think he had yeah, he had his kids with him. So I got to chit chat with Nikki Six. That was kind of cool. That is cool. I've often said if Nikki Six can make it through the 80s, you can make it through whatever horrible thing you're going through in the moment. I mean, that's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Oof. So, <laughs> so now here it is, 2000, I believe. And it was much fun as doing extra work. That's not what I came out there to do. Uh, and so I was, well, broke. And so I was headed, packing up and headed back to Oklahoma. And, uh, I mean, I, the U-Haul truck is packed. I mean, I'm about to leave the next day, and the, my phone is blowing up off the hook. My pager, yes, my pager <laughs> is blowing up. And it's Hollywood. And Hollywood doesn't do this normally. Hollywood is, is calling me because they want me to do the movie AI. They want me to be a photo double for Paul Barker of Ministry. Okay. He's the bass player. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm all packed up, man. I like I have no place to sleep, nothing. And... Um, so I asked my friends that I played cards with and stuff like that. And they're like, well, how many days is it going to be? And they, they said a minimum of seven days. So like, you know what? Because it was a union gig. That's what I wanted to do was get my union card. That was going to do it. Seven days of union work. And I'm like, fuck yeah. So I became homeless and got the coolest job ever. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and Hollywood normally does not wait for you. Because I even called them back up and said, well, I'm about to leave. Can you give me a minute to think about this? And they're like, uh, sure. 
<laughs> so, wow. So I was on the set for eight days, only worked for maybe an hour. The rest of the time I was playing cards or seeing what uh, uh, Steven Spielberg was doing and stuff like that. And, uh, but, uh, oh, this was the kind of gross part. I mean, luckily for me, the only outfit I had to wear was Paul Baker's coat that he was actually wearing. So, I mean, I'm not okay with that, but like, like, uh, uh, Al, uh, Al Jurgensen, he had a face mask on. Yeah. The dude had to put that on nice and sweaty. Uh. I'm like, that's gross. <laughs> So what character were you playing? Paul Baker, Barker, I think. Paul Barker, the bass player. From what band did you say? Ministry? Yep. I was never much of a ministry Yeah, me neither, but I mean, there was a fan. But if you get paid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and what a photo double is, is is, is if the, the band, you know, has their tiffs or decides not to show up, then we actually get to be on stage and fill in for them. And this was like a scene in the movie. Yep. Okay, refresh remind my memory. What part was it? Because I've seen that movie twice, and it's so there's so much to it. I, I honestly cannot it's the remember. The arena scene where they're taking robots and I guess fighting them. them. So it's that whole stage thing where they're up there just jamming. Got it. Okay, now I'm gonna have to go back and watch that. Oh my goodness, I may be a little late on the what the fuck moment, but. That is one because <laughs> when the movie ended, I was watching with a bunch of friends, and, and when it, I think it went white out, we thought the movie was over. But then it came back up, and we're all like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> the way that movie ended was just whacked. It like the whole movie has this. Not to get up too far off. Listening, friends, this is our pop culture moment. Not that we've already haven't been steeped in it, but here you go. Like that whole movie is. I saw it like maybe two or three years after it came out, mostly because of Jude Law. Yeah. And, um, you know, Haley Joe Osment was like the hot ticket at this. He was still a hot ticket then. And I watched it and that was, it was confusion in my brain. I was like, what is this supposed to be doing? And then I think I watched it again for the second time two years ago. It made a whole lot more sense to me, <laughs> but it was still like some weird fever dream. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I was like, the Blue Fairy? Pinocchio? <laughs> yeah. Dogs? Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> you know, I was okay if, if Pinocchio did not become a real boy. It, it would have been fine. Yeah. Like, it was just like, if it was, if the intent was to pull at your heartstrings, it, for me, it did more than that. It literally punched me in the chest. I felt so bad after I saw that movie the second <laughs> time. I'm like... Everybody, this movie is miserable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I don't mean to digress. <laughs> so, oh, speaking of impersonators, people were actually coming up to me while I was on set and actually talking about, hey, when's your, your album coming out and stuff like that? And, you know, I let them go for a little bit, but then that kind of pissed me off because I'm like, dude, you do realize the guy can actually be my dad. He goes, what, you're not the real guy? No. <laughs> like, I'm not that old. Yeah. Like, but you're good, though. 
And they, and they had to glue a mustache on me every freaking morning because I can't grow a mustache. And what's funny is they always put it onto me before I ate my breakfast. <laughs> then when I went to eat my breakfast, it was uh, like a scrambled egg or something. And guess where the mustache went? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I ate my mustache and then I had to go get it again. Mm. <laughs> You're like, y'all need to use a better glue. Yeah. <laughs> With the kind of budget that I know that movie had, come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. You're exactly right. They were skimping on the mustache glue. Like, how dare they? Everything was going to CGI. What the hell? It's still CGI, still hasn't. Worked out issues with mustaches, right? i.e. Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> <Henry Yeah. Cavill. laughs> there will be no Henry Cavill slander here. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not <laughs> slandering him. That was the studios. That was the studios. <laughs> that was the studio. You're right. Now I have to go watch that movie again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then after that was done, then I came home and... You know, because I had a lot of people who said I look like Manson. I, I was getting it all through every time I was over there. And so I was like, you know what? I want to see if I can really fuck with people. And then I met my girlfriend, Desiree, and she was big Marilyn Manson, big Marilyn Manson fan. And I'm thinking to myself, holy crap, this is perfect. So she can help me put it together. And we, we were a good team. So I was worked at Remington Park making great money. So I was able to get the best wardrobe, best makeup. I mean, I, I grabbed it all because I wanted to be the best impersonator. And so as we're putting it together, uh, you know, testing it out at concerts or whatever, I mean, I had people run after me as I'm in my garb and actually think I'm Marilyn Manson. And, uh, you know, so now I'm trying to save up money so I can go back to Cali because, like I said, the AI gave me my union card. So now I have to get money so I can join the union. And so now I got impersonator stuff together. Now I go back and I went back in 2004. And now I'm looking for an agent and I'm dressed up as, as, uh, Marilyn Manson as I'm looking for agents. And some of the agents looked at me like I was crazy. Like, why are you walking to my office looking like that? And I'm thinking, but I had two agents who wanted to, to sign me up. Obviously I can only pick one. And so that's how I got an agent. Um, and then uh, let's see, I did Ugly Betty. They wanted Marilyn Manson to be on Ugly Betty. So I did, the, I guess, the red carpet on Ugly Betty as Marilyn Manson. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I remember Ugly Betty. Didn't watch it. I remember the show, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be going back through this during post and jotting down all these appearances. So just to let you know, I'm going to look them up. <laughs> sure, sure. So I have a question. Um sure. When you're impersonating someone, though, there's more to it than just the wardrobe. So did you go and watch, like, for research, his videos and everything and interviews so you could get mannerisms down and, oh, yeah, you know, sort of how he walked and his cadence when he speaks and all of that stuff? Well, the, 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 I mean, yes. Uh, the walking wasn't so bad because, I mean, we're both 
both clumsy tall people. So, uh, uh, I mean, some of the stuff comes easy, but, uh, <laughs> but yes, I mean, I did, I did, uh, try to do his mannerisms and, and, and his, his voice when, when singing and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, that's gotta be a fun conversation. You're watching these videos again. Yeah, but it's work-related. <laughs> <laughs> so, was it what kind of what kind of work were you getting? Would be like appearances of things or stand-ins or stuff like that. Um, I could have got a stand-in because he was doing, I think, uh, um, Sons of Anarchy. I mm, think yeah, like a bartender or something. He sure did. Yep. And mm. I did get a call, and there because they were. It was for Marilyn Manson, but I was in Bartlesville and I couldn't make it back in time. So I freaking missed that one. Mm. They ended up hiring actual Marilyn. No. <laughs> for, but, some, uh, for some reason, I think he had like a reoccurring role for a little bit. Did you ever actually get to meet him? I may be jumping yeah. ahead. And if I am, tell oh, me. Oh, yeah. I met him several times. I mean, like when we first started. And in, in, uh, before I moved back in 04, we went to Dallas where he was playing. And, of course, I'm dressed up. And it was during Halloween, actually. And I guess one of the promoters saw me and he was like, yeah, you need to go back. But at that particular meeting, oh, my gosh, the dude was stoned out of his freaking mind. And he was more interested in my girlfriend's light-up necklace. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Memorable. <laughs> yeah, it, can, I, it can be worse. My, my wife was sexually harassed by Barry Switzer. So. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> One of my finer, prouder moments now. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what to do with this information. Okay, <laughs> and I got to be on Big and Rich Coming to Your City music video because they went Marilyn Manson. Oh, wow. <laughs> and John, John Rich is pretty cool. Uh, he came. He came up to me. He's like, "Man, you look you look pretty awesome." And I was like, "And you know, I smarted off to him." And I was like, "Well, you know, I was trying to kind of look like you." And he's like, "Yeah, fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> I dropped the ball on that one. Oops. <laughs> Are these the wrong kind of boots? <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, it was on uh, "Come to Your City." Um, another another time I met him. Oh, shoot. This was kind of funny, too. Okay. He was having a concert. We got we didn't have tickets. So we got in free, and I was standing next to Dita Von Teese. And D Dita Von Teese did a double take because she's like, holy shit. He's here, but he's on stage. Right. <laughs> here, but he's on stage. So we got to see. So I did get to see him. I got to see Dita Von Teese right there. And then... The next day, Dita Valtiza was signing a book at, at a, a bookstore. So we went to get a signing. And that that evening, she was doing a Barlet's show. So we went to that. And oh my gosh, the people just started escorting me up to the VIP. And I was trying to tell them, I'm not him, I'm not him. But I was like, okay. So we went up to the VIP. I think two minutes later, they were like, uh, excuse me, you guys need to come with me. You guys need to go back down there. I'm like, well, we never said that I was the real guy. He's like, the real guy's here now, isn't he? 
And they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I try to tell you. <laughs> and then the other time I met him was at his art show. He had an art show there in Hollywood. So I went dressed up. And what was funny with, with, with that is uh, Gingerfish was there, I think. A couple other band members. Of course, Manson was there. And they were in their VIP section. And I don't think Manson came out all that much because he goes, I'm already out there. So I'm actually working the room for the dude while he gets to chill. And what's funny is people will have conversations with you. And they'll ask you questions. But then they'll answer the question. They won't let you talk to them because they, in their mind, they're so excited that they actually think they're speaking to the right person right <laughs> and then when i'm at the art show and they're talking and talking and talking i'm like okay i have enough talking to you look the real dude's behind you and i'm just like oh my gosh <laughs> like being a celebrity is exhausting oh man it is <laughs> when, when i when i take the stuff off it's like nobody nobody knows it's like i, I can step in front of the same person, then they would have no idea that they were talking to me the night before. I mean, right. so it's like it's like you know, disguise. I mean, I can be myself and somebody else at the same time. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of cool. I mean, I would assume though that it had to be kind of annoying if you were like at a restaurant or something in full guard oh, and people oh. are not leaving you alone. To well, me, that would be the most annoying thing about being a celebrity oh no, is not was. getting to eat. Well, I, I, I was at a restaurant dressed up one time, and, you know, I don't mind people coming up. Oh, hey, just take a picture, whatever. But now here comes my food. And I simply said, hey, dude, let me eat my food, and, and I'll get back to you. You're, oh, you're an asshole. You're an asshole. Ah. And I'm thinking to myself, I didn't say I was not going to talk to you, but okay, have a nice day. Mm. Yeah. Like I'm trying to eat here with the joy of not having a fake mustache glued on my lip. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so how how long are you still doing it? And if not, how long did you continue to do the the, the impersonation? I I would say I did it for 10 years and no, I'm not doing it now. Mm, okay. Um in 2007, um Again, I was getting to that broke level, getting tired of Hollywood, and, and that's kind of about the time I moved back. But 2007, they had an impersonator uh, convention in Vegas. So I was like, well, let me see what we can do there. Let's see the uh, agents in Vegas. It was for three days. Three days, I had three different outfits. They said I looked great, but they couldn't. they didn't want me. I couldn't believe how conservative Vegas is. <laughs> I mean, as I'm walking around, I see Alice Cooper impersonator doing his thing, you know, actually working. I'm thinking, huh, you have Alice Cooper. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, he's kind of, you know, kid, kid, kids can watch him. I'm thinking to myself, you do realize that I'm not the real Manson, right? I'm, I, I, I can be G-rated. If you want me to be R-rated, I can, but I'm not Manson. I'm the impersonator. Yeah, we just don't have a call for it. Well, how do you know you don't have a call for it? I'm like the only Manson impersonator I've ever seen. 
Well, they didn't. They didn't want me. Interesting. So, and, in all seriousness, did you ever like get called out and do like birthday parties or frat house parties? No, or? no. But I did a gig in Kansas City, uh, just a meet and greet. It was me, Barack Obama, uh, uh, Tim McGraw. A bunch of other impersonators that, that we just went up there and just uh, meet it and greet it. That would have to be an amazing picture. Yeah. That's funny. And one other little tidbit, um, uh, uh, the next best thing, which was a celebrity impersonator show, I auditioned for that. They said they loved me, but once again, they, they, they said I was not right for the show because apparently they want their Lucy's and their Elvises and all the all the boring stuff that hmm. people always, uh, I guess, go to. I mean, right. my, my friend Pavel, who does Bono, and he does, he looks spot on, and he sings and stuff like that. They said he didn't even sound like Bono, and he didn't make it. Wow. So, but uh so you know it's it, it's it was a struggle uh, you know to be an impersonator to be an actor so I mean I don't know how exciting my role that you guys were looking for as me being a Manson impersonator but I mean that 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 was my road. No, no, that's oh, no. that's really interesting, and don't it feel is. bad. Um, keep in mind that Dolly Parton once lost a Dolly Parton impersonator oh. show. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if Dolly Parton can lose, <laughs> don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Indeed. No, this it's just, it's really interesting, and one of the things that um, Kinetta and I like doing is talking to people that have done interesting things like this. This is something that most people just would never even, well, first of all, most people don't even think about, I'm going to go to Hollywood and become an actor, you know, mm-hmm. to do that. So the fact that you even did that is pretty, pretty impressive and cool. Mm-hmm. But then the, you know, there just aren't a lot of people that think, you know what, I am going to impersonate, you mm-hmm. know, name whoever, it doesn't matter who, but, and then to have done it and, had some pretty cool interesting stories because it's it's one thing to like do it at halloween or at a you know a con or something like that but you Mm -hmm. actually you actually made some green doing it and that's pretty cool yeah yeah you got to meet the guy (laughs) there's that dude i forgot the most important thing here when i became homeless there man so i was sleeping on other people's couches in the apartment that i stayed at the dude that was on the original Halloween movie. Obviously, he was a little boy. He's now grown up. Brian, well, as he got older, he got kind of fat and bald. So it happens. Yeah. So when you're a kid actor, don't expect to think that you're going to make it as an adult. Mm-hmm. Right. So I had to crash at his place. I wish I didn't because it was Roach's everywhere and all he said was dude just put tissue in your ear i gotta do that yeah well i had a a roach in my ear damn it (laughs) and so i i wake up and i'm like dude get this out of my ear and he's like what are you talking about 
get the roach on my ear. And apparently he didn't believe me. So I'm like, because you can hear, feel it in there. And so I'm hitting the wall. I'm like, get the damn thing out. And so he gets one of those baby suction cup things with water and he finally got the damn thing out. And I'm like, oh, dear heavens. And I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. See ya. I'm going to find some other place to crash. I think I slept in the car at that time. But uh, yeah. You're like, I'm going to be homeless elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! I have I, I'm itching. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, like that what the fuck moment? Okay, I mean, <laughs> go yeah, for well, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would I would have slapped him for good measure on the way out the door. Just come on. Right. You're like I'm about to go Michael Myers on your ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and just a tip: uh, when they say to to bleach your hair. Don't actually use bleach. <laughs> Unless you really want your hair to look and feel like hay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I did that. I, I did that. Mm. I was gonna say, you, I'm gonna I'm assume you know from experience. So and, and and when I had my hay hair, people still said, Hey Manson, how you doing? I'm like, well, what are you talking about? He never had orange hair. Never. <laughs> That's interesting. So huh. you could have you could have got a gig as like his like his assistant. So when he wanted to try a new look or something, he could yeah. experiment on you and be like, you know what? I'm not a big fan of that one. <laughs> this this one though. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's wild. Okay, I have to ask just because I have to I have to know. So as you were out and about as one Marilyn Manson. Did you find that the ladies would occasionally be a little friendlier because they thought that you were, in fact, Marilyn Manson? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I would never cross that line because, again, my girlfriend, Desiree, helped with the makeup and all that stuff. I mean, right. my girlfriend. So, But every once in a while, she would see the girls getting a little too friendly. And I, you know, I guess she would get a little jealous. But I'm just like, look. I'm not, you know, not doing anything. Right, yeah. Now, when I went to the convention, there's this photographer who wanted to, you know, he, he really liked my look, and he wanted to take a few pictures of the impersonators. Well, this drunk girl, and I think you can actually find this online, this drunk girl decides to walk up to me, grabs my balls, and the photographer's like, oh, that's great, and snaps a picture, and I'm just like, Okay, thanks. Yeah, like, uh, no, that's a little uh, too uh, too touchy feeling. <laughs> but yeah, ahead. yeah, get ahead of that story. Yeah, now I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't asking, meaning like if you were. Um, no, I know. Taking yeah. advantage, I was just wondering. But yes. you know, if people are like, "Oh my God, that's him," and all of a sudden, that you know, people are. Throwing themselves at you because well, that yeah, happens for, to celebrities. No, for sure. I mean, when I first put it together, I mean, I've signed girls' boobs. I mean, whatever. And this one party I went to, uh, yeah, we just have some fun, man. That's <laughs> that. That's far more impressive than when I used to get gift cards for restaurants because it doesn't. <laughs> they used to have to sign them like the credit card receipt, you know. And yeah. I always sign it as Val Kilmer. But, no, bye. Yours is far more, far more impressive. Yes. 
That's a wild story. I like wild stories. So John (laughs) Five was in a band called Loser. Why they named it Loser, I don't know. But we (laughs) went to, I think it was, uh, uh, what was it, The Rainbow? He was playing that. So we went to go see him. And again, I'm all decked out. And I think John Five and Manson were not at good terms, you know. So there I am, Manson, and John Five is on the other side of the stage. He does a double take. He comes all the way across the stage and gives me a freaking high five and goes, man, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. It is. It is. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Troy, you're not going to believe this, but we're we're actually at the end of the hour. <laughs> well, I hope I gave you some good stuff, man. No, sure. no, you you definitely Absolutely. did. the The hour always goes by faster than than you think it's going to. Um, but yeah, yeah no it 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 was fascinating just sort of hearing about something that you know the average person you know we're busy clocking in in and out every day and haven't had these you know type of experience and it's good for people to hear um, stuff like that. So um, I I say you probably got out of the impersonation gig really good because based on the last couple of years, your gigs might not have been very, uh, but that's a different, a different episode. (laughs) (laughs) You're kind of like, dang it, you've ruined my money there, guy. (laughs) Yikes on bikes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, that's Yes, same, definitely. Very good stories. I always like good storytelling. Okay, okay. So, yes. Thank you very much. Um, very much. To to be fair, um, we did have a guest on last year who's a music producer who once told Kenny Loggins that he was Kenny Loggins. So <laughs> he did, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. He's like, You're Kenny Loggins. And she's like, Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i'm i'm really glad you came on it was it was interesting hearing all of the you know like say just something that the average person doesn't doesn't really get to experience and i think it's cool for people to hear interesting life experiences definitely Definitely. so uh would you recommend i guess final thoughts if somebody has a dream of going to hollywood or you know to act in Hollywood or New York to try to get on Broadway or something, would you recommend they, they give it a go? Um, yes, but I would also check your local areas too, because like I find lately that Oklahoma has uh, had a lot of uh, uh, productions come through here. And then of course you have Dallas, they have some productions going on there. Um, so and we do have agencies here. I mean, yeah, the, the main spots that you want to be in is Hollywood and New York. But I would definitely check out the local area first. That's cool. Yeah, that makes sense. I wasn't thinking about the fact that uh, here in Oklahoma City, they turned the old uh, Myriad into a movie studio. Yeah. I don't know how many movies come through and actually record there or film there, but. That does make it easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, Dallas, they have a few. I mean, like I said, I think the only thing I know now is what Walker's showing down there. And so, but yeah, 
definitely local and in, in, in your surrounding area, surrounding states. All right. Cool. Kenyatta, you got any final thoughts? I do not. Besides, I'm just echoing Jack. Thank you for coming on. I, I always love good life experiences. There's a lot more than I can say I've done, but, you know, I, yeah. I dig it. I dig it. So thank you very much, Troy. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. And with that, uh, listening friends, we'll uh, go ahead and end the show. And if you are feeling so inclined, you could go and buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com backslash hyperfocus pods. We and, like uh, the kind that jingles, but we prefer the kind that folds. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. And now, folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. <laughs>